This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks, St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherd told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Um, It's really lovely this evening uh, to have Amanda with us back um, uh, from Belize. And if you don't know uh, much about what Amanda's doing at the moment, she's going to come up in a minute and share. But Amanda's working with a Christian mission organization called YWAM, and um, she's out there on a a two-year placement in Belize, and um, so I'm going to invite Amanda to come up now and just share a little bit about what's going on, and uh, it's lovely to, lovely to see her again. Yeah, give her a round of applause. Uh, later this evening, um, uh, near towards the end, we're going to be taking up an offering. And if you feel that you want to give into the work that Amanda's doing, and Emily, who is another um, one of our girls who is out in Cambodia doing missions work, then please, that you can give into um, both these important ministries. So can I hand over to you? Hi, everyone. So it's awesome to be back. It's crazy that it's been nine months that I've been gone. But it's really nice to be back, so I just wanted to say hi, everyone. <laughs> um, so first of all, um, I'm sure a lot of you know what I'm doing um, from when I've previously spoken. But just to give a recap, um, basically YWAM is a non-profit organization. Um, and the main thing that they do is they provide a, um, a five-month program for young people um, so that they're able to like gain freedom and grow and just discover their identity in Christ. Um, so that's the main school that it is, and that's called a discipleship training school. And so I did my discipleship training school in January 2015, and then I went back to what's called a second-level school, which is a counselling school. And so we basically just covered different um, foundations of counselling and just gained some really, really cool tools that I was able to use in the future and that I'll still carry, carry with me today. Um, so what do I do at YWAM? <laughs> basically, um, what my main role is is called registrar. 
Um, so I'm the YWAM registrar for the base that I'm at. Um, so basically this means that I do a lot of the administration kind of work. So I do a lot of email responses to everyone who finds us through online or through um, a friend or anyone who has any inquiries. Um, so I respond to their emails. Um, I do data inputting, so putting everyone's information into the system and updating that daily. Um, I do application and interviewing process for students applying for all the schools. So that could be for the discipleship training school, the counseling school. Um, we do a Bible core course school and we're starting another, um, it's like a drama kind of word by heart school next year. So I do the interview for all that, um, as well as the process of the application and the acceptance of that um, and other projects on the side of that. So I do a lot of um, different roles in my role, but my main role is um, yeah, accepting students and going through the application process. And so with this role, um, although the majority of my time I'm spent in the office because a lot of the role is obviously on the computer or on the phone, um, I don't spend much time in the classroom where lots of the students are, so I don't actually spend time in person with the students. Um, but it's actually really cool because I still had some like, really awesome um, just moments and experiences with students through the phone or through emails where I've still been able to disciple them. Um, and it's just been really cool. I've had times where... Um, I've had like an hour long, so normally the interviews on the phone are about 20 minutes, and I've had times where like the students have just kept pouring out and they've like shared their testimonies with me, and I've had like hour long conversations on the phone and I've just been able to like pray for them and just encourage them, and it's just really cool to be able to do that before they even get here to do the school. Um, so it's like a, a pre-mentoring, um, I guess, before they even get here. And then I get to do the greeting and the um, arrival day stuff, which is what I'm doing right now while I'm here. <laughs> I'm ready for when I go back. Um, so yeah, the next school is in January, January the 3rd. And so on top of this, um, only in the past four months, I've had the chance to also do an extra um, ministry thing on top of this, which isn't um, a part of YWAM, but it's a local ministry. And so it's recently been started and it's called Thrive. And it's basically like an empowerment program for um, young women, um, young girls. And so we basically, there's four of us, who lead it up, and we go every Wednesday after school, and we just um, spend time with some of the girls from the local high school there, um, and it's just a chance to um, pour into them, love on them, and just um, be there to listen to them, um, because a lot of the strongholds there are alcohol and prostitution, um, and so what our aim is is to just build them up and encourage them in who they are and to be confident in their own value and their worth so that they don't fall into um, what their family could be telling them to do to like pay the bills and stuff. Um, so yeah, on top of that, um, that's all my um, responsibilities and roles, I guess. Um, but also, since I've been there this year, we've had some interesting experiences. So we actually got hit with a, by a hurricane in um, August, um, which I'm sure lots of you have heard about. <laughs> and thank you for your prayers. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were hit with a really big hurricane. Um, originally, we weren't sure that it was going to be a hurricane. We were told it was going to be strong force winds. And so we just like boarded up the windows and just did like safety precautions for a strong wind, not thinking it was going to be a hurricane. <laughs> and then the next day, we woke up, came out of all of our rooms, um, and there were trees everywhere. There were um, some of the docks on the water in front of every beach. They were like completely destroyed and just disappeared. Um, like some had flown onto our property and the roof of our, um, we have like a dining palapa where we all eat. And so that's like the only shelter that we have for us to be. Like that was completely gone, like destroyed. Um, 
and we lost um, a lot of our houses, electricity and power and water. All of that was gone for three days, and so we showered in the sea, and yeah, it was just a really <laughs> kind of crazy experience. But in all of that, everyone was safe. Like, not one person was hurt, which is just amazing, and we're praising God for that every day um, because it's crazy how no one was hurt. Um, and the people who um, could have been hurt, they were actually evacuated from their cathedral like, the night before. Um, and because some of the cathedrals, the houses were actually destroyed. And so if the students had stayed in there, they could have been hurt. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so, yeah, as I said, the electricity and the power went off and there was no water. And that sounds crazy, but it actually happens probably once every few weeks, I guess. <laughs> it's just a normal thing because we live on an island and it's kind of, um, they're just not really big with fixing things quickly there. And they take their time, island time. Um, and so we often actually, like, don't have water or electricity. But it's just something that we're getting used to. But since being there, I'm just, and since being back, I'm just appreciating, like, all the tiny little luxuries like that. Like, just, like, showers and hot water and things like that. Um, and, yeah, so it's just really cool how um, I'm realizing this and how much you can, like, take these little things for granted that we have every day. And even just, like... Um, like, even here, like, I automatically, wherever I'm in somewhere dark, I'll, like, check for scorpions and, like, snakes and, like, tarantulas and things. Because in my room, I've had all of those things at least once. <laughs> um, I actually had a tarantula in my room last week, so that's fun. Um, but, yeah, so that's just, like, normal things that being home, I'm really just appreciating the luxuries and not having to look for scorpions. Um, but, yeah, so that's a really brief um, sum- summary of my nine months. Um, and yeah, I'd like to just take this time to thank everyone for all their prayers and their support and support financially as well. Um, I wouldn't be able to do what I've been doing without you guys. And so yeah, I really appreciate it. And I send um, newsletters out through email. And so if anyone doesn't receive that and they'd like to receive that, just come to me and I'll add you into the system. And then I'll be sending you my updates. So yeah, that's all I have. Thank you. Okay, thanks Amanda, that was amazing, thank you. So if you want more information, please uh, ask Amanda, get on newsletter and all the other things are connected there. Okay, you all set for Christmas? Oh no. <laughs> Two minutes, oh, I can see he's all set, aren't you? <laughs> I want to just share, just briefly this tonight, of, and I've titled it, How to Miss Christmas. How to Miss Christmas. Some of you are thinking, oh, that's a good idea. How to miss Christmas. And I, I, you're thinking, well, how, how, could he, how could we possibly miss Christmas? Because it's probably the most advertised time of the year. Is that true? I mean, I guarantee if I was to ask literally every person in this room, if there's one day you will know, I think it's the 25th of December. Is that right? That's the one day of the year that you'll remember, that you'll know. So the thing is, how possibly... With all the advertisement, with all the awareness of Christmas, how can people miss Christmas? I, can, I believe that we can miss it in the sense that we never really receive the benefit of what Christmas really is all about. We are aware of it, but never experience some of the benefits that Christmas and what we're celebrating is meant to bring to us. I want to think about three group, three. I said three groups of people who missed 
Christmas through the Bible. Three, three, if you like, three, three elements of people that miss Christmas. There's the first one, the innkeeper. How many the innkeeper? He was just so busy in all that he was doing that we're told that where Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem because of the taxation census, there was no room in the inn. And I think the innkeeper is a picture of kind of, of busyness. And we're told that because there was no room in the inn and because of that busyness, that innkeeper snubbed and missed probably the greatest opportunity in history because he was so busy. Isn't it true that often busyness in life can, can cause us to miss so many things? Families are affected. Children are affected. All kinds of things are affected and damaged because people can be so busy with, with, with the things of life. And sometimes our busyness can cause us to miss some of the greatest things in life. Our life can be so caught up with so many busy things that sometimes we miss what is really, really important. I think sometimes we can be so busy that we actually never really ask ourselves the really important questions of life. I'm staggered sometimes that people can live their whole life and never really ask themselves the vital questions about what life is all about. Why am I on this earth for? What's my purpose? What's life all about? Why do I exist? And I think because we don't ask ourselves the important questions, we never really find the right answers. I find sometimes if you ask yourself the right questions, it's amazing how you're going to find God. I know I found God because through a circumstance in life, it made me re-examine life and caused me to begin to ask certain questions. Why am I here? I said this morning, a few months before I became a Christian, someone asked me a question, and it was this. If you were to die tonight, where would you go? And that was a question that kind of it just went over in my mind for a long time. And, and I think sometimes we're so busy going here, doing this, living life, doing things in life, that we never stop and ask ourselves the most important questions. Asking yourself the right questions in life. What really is life all about? Why are you here for and those are questions we need to really ask ourselves. There's a second reason why I think another group of people miss Christmas. Familiarity. Isn't it true that we can be so familiar with the Christmas story that it no longer has an impact? It no longer kind of has an impact in our lives because we become so familiar with the Christmas story. I just want to read you a verse, and it's Matthew 2, verse 4 to 5. Here's a group of people who are so familiar with the Christmas story, they missed the whole point of it. Really, when we lose the point of what Christmas is all about, it's like having a birthday party and actually everybody else receiving the presents except you. That's what it's like doing. Not really seeing the reason for Christmas is actually like having a party and not giving the presents to, the, to, the, to who the person is all about. Look at this great verse in Matthew 2, 4 to 5. And, and I want to talk about these people here. It's, it's, it's the chief priest. 
It says, when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler. In other words, the religious leaders were so familiar with the story they missed what it was all about. They missed it. Even though these people were trained. You know, as if you realize, but these kind of religious leaders, they'd, they'd memorized the five books of the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses. They'd memorized it. They knew it by word. And they knew all the prophecies, all the things regarding the birth of Jesus. And even though they had all the information and all that was going on, they missed what the reason of the season was. And I think sometimes that we sometimes get so familiar that we never really check out what the real meaning of Christmas is. I think it is wise men. You know, kind of scholars tell us they probably traveled thousands of miles to, to actually, because they were interested and they wanted to find out about the birth of this baby. I mean, some scholars say they maybe have come, some say Iran, some even say China, I don't know about that one, but the fact is they traveled thousands of miles because they wanted to check it out. And yet these religious leaders were told they lived in Jerusalem, which was only five miles away from Bethlehem. They wanted to debate the Savior rather than wanting to see the Savior. They became apathetic and uninterested, so caught up with traditions. And sometimes we can be so caught up with all the traditions of Christmas. Isn't it amazing we all have different traditions? I don't know, you know, when you, when you, you, know, when you get married and you come from a family, it's amazing that you kind of join traditions together. And there's all these kind of traditions that all kind of, we all have. And sometimes we're so caught up with all the traditions, we never really see what it's all about. We've lost sight that Christmas is really always about Jesus coming to earth. And Jesus loving you so much that he came to earth because he wanted you to have a personal relationship with God. And unless you really see that, then you can have all the traditions, all the trees, all the lights, and all the other things, but never really see what Christmas is really, really all about. And people miss it because they're so caught up with all the traditions they never really grasp, they never encounter or experience the true meaning of it. Next one, third one, last one, is a man called Herod. It says in Matthew 2, 3, when he heard about it, when he heard about the, the birth of Jesus, he was troubled. He was uh, afraid of the message. And if you ever read about history about King Herod, He's a kind of completely crazy guy. History tells us that he, he killed his wife, he killed his mother, he killed children. He was a total crazy guy. And yet he missed what Christmas is all about because he was afraid. Sometimes we can miss the, the true meaning of Christmas because we think sometimes to become a Christian that somewhere we're going to miss out on life. We're going to miss out on all that life has got to offer. 
And we think that some way becoming a Christian means that we're going to kind of miss out on something in life. I love what Jesus said. He said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And Jesus came that you might live life to all its fullness. And becoming a Christian doesn't mean that you kind of lose life. In fact, it means that you gain life. In fact, you gain eternal life. A life that lives forever, that never comes to an end, that never ceases. It's this eternal life. And I think Jesus wants us to enjoy a wonderful life. And I think the greatest life you can live is a Christian. A life where Jesus is living in your life. Ever saw the film, It's a Wonderful Life? How many of you have seen that film? I, used to, I watched that film once. I thought, for the first hour, I thought, how can this be a wonderful life? Because it was so depressing. Everything went wrong in his life. And I'm thinking, how can it be a wonderful life? When so many things, you've seen that film, it's one of my favourite Christmas films. It's in black and white. And, and it's called A Wonderful Life. I couldn't work out why it was called A Wonderful Life. Until time goes on. Because if you may remember that he's actually kind of, he's, he's removed out of the scene and, and he's almost given a vision or a, a life of what happens, what would happen to other people because he wouldn't have existed. And he realized that it was a wonderful life because of the difference and the significance his life made on earth. And I believe one of the reasons why we can have this amazing, wonderful life that Jesus offers, because we can have a life that actually begins to impact and influence and makes a difference to other people's lives. And so Jesus gives us the opportunity to live this amazing, wonderful life. And I think the key to it is, is because what Jesus brings into life is peace. Peace is one of the most wonderful things you can ever know in your life. Because you know what? You could have everything in life. You could have great wealth. You could have great careers. You could have everything materialistically in life. Unless you've got peace, you know the truth is? You can never really ever enjoy it. And so Jesus gives this incredible peace. And, and that peace enables you to realize that this is a wonderful life. Because you've been created to have this personal relationship with God. And I found this, that unless you understand that, your life will never make any sense. And Herod was fearful because he was afraid that he would lose control. I think there's a lot of people in life that are afraid that that if they really give their life to Christ, that they lose control. Let me ask you this question. How are you doing at the moment controlling your own life? I found the most wonderful, amazing life to live is a life that is controlled and ruled by Jesus because he can give you the greatest, highest form of life you can ever enjoy. I want to close where I lead by, by showing you three ways that this Christmas, that you cannot miss it. When I was young, and if you remember this, probably the older ones will, or no, the younger ones will. Uh, and we used to do this thing for, 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 for crossing the road. Stop, look, listen. Anybody remember that? Okay. And, the, and you had to sort of stop, 
Then you have to look both ways, remember that? Then even before you went over there, you had to listen. And then you kind of crossed the road. And I was thinking that that's three ways that will show us how we needn't miss Christmas. There's the first thing. Sometimes we need to stop. Don't allow the business of life to stop you coming to know God. Begin to examine life and say, am I so busy that I'm crowding God out of my life? Am I really asking myself the questions that I need to ask? Am I so busy that I haven't got time for the most important thing of all? And that is encountering a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We're told that the shepherds who were the lowest of the social states of the time, they were willing to take the time and investigate who this baby was. And I'd encourage you to stop, take the time, and to investigate the claims of Jesus Christ. There's a second thing. Look. Begin to look clearly. Why did Jesus come? And if he did come... What does it matter to me? The wise men are called wise men because they were willing to check this out. And I remember, I think I shared earlier, with a, when I was, I kind of developed peritonitis. And that meant I was in hospital. And actually it meant that there's a point in my life where literally it was a kind of, because the peritonitis really kind of, kicked into, into my body. It was 50-50 whether, I kind of, 50-50 whether I kind of made it. Remember I said earlier, I had this question, if I was to die tonight, what would happen to me? Right when you're faced with that, that's when the reality comes home to you. And I remember praying this prayer, saying, God, if you're really there, then make yourself known to me. And that's the greatest question. That's a, a prayer that everyone could pray. If you don't know Jesus Christ, why don't you pray, God, if you're really there, show yourself to me. And I guarantee, if you would pray that prayer with all sincerity, with all truth in your heart, then God, some way, somehow, would truly reveal himself to you. And here's the last thing. Stop, look, listen. Listen to the good news of Christmas. That Jesus Christ came to die for our sin. He rose again so that we could be forgiven and brought into a relationship with God. And he came that you could have the fullest life possible. I think often today at Christmas time, this is where we see all kinds of stories, of all kinds of accesses, people going crazy and mad. And I think one of the reasons for that is because they're looking for something to Comfort the emptiness they feel inside. People struggle with loneliness, insecurity, and fears. And I think one of the major reasons for this is because we're not connected to God. One of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel. God is with us. He came to make everything right. He comes to give us significance and purpose for life which results in incredible joy. Let me close by saying this. That when the wise men came, they were the first ones really to kind of celebrate Christmas by bringing gifts. 
What gift really can you give to Jesus? So tell you the gift he wants above all else. The one gift he wants more than anything else. He wants your life. That's the one gift. They're almost the only you can give him. Where you say, Jesus, tonight, I, I give my heart, I give my life to you. Come and change my life. Come and transform my life. And I guarantee tonight that if you would make that your prayer, you'd say, Jesus, come into my life and change my life. Then he will come in and he will change your life forever. You think about it. You know what Christmas time we're going to have? If I was to say to you this time next year, what gift did you have at Christmas? You'd be thinking, uh, you'd probably think of a few, but most of the presents that we have and we enjoy for that time are so easily, quickly forgotten. But I believe the gift of salvation that Jesus Christ offers, that once you receive that gift, you'll never forget that gift. Because it's a gift that lasts for the whole of your life and beyond. The gift that only Jesus Christ can give. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Let's want to spend a few moments just in your own heart. I want to ask yourself that question, whether you've really kind of ever really invited Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. He offers you tonight that gift of salvation. And this could be the greatest Christmas ever. And I'm just going to pray a simple prayer tonight. And, and if you've never received that gift of salvation, then tonight is a wonderful opportunity for you to pray that prayer and to receive the gift that God offers. In the sense that God is only really a prayer away. So in your heart tonight, you pray this prayer after me. Pray sincerely. Pray from your heart tonight. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay. Please, if you prayed that prayer, then we've got some booklets we'd love to give to you. So please come to me afterwards. We'd love to give to these booklets and pray further with you. We're going to carry on singing some carols. Is that all right? So let's stand. We're just going to sing a few more carols. And we're going to draw to a conclusion. Thanks for listening to Let's Redownload from Let's Redownload Church. For more downloads,